Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Crossover NBA podcast, Chris Mannix. Howard Beck, as always, and Beck, we have some friends joining us this week for one of two podcasts that are going to post on SI.com, the crossover and open floor, what do you want to call it? Crossover. Pandemonium. <laughs> yeah, the crossover a, of the smorgasbord of, of, of basketball talk with uh, Rowan Ned Carney and Chris Herring, our colleagues over at Sports Illustrated. So we're going to talk about some things on this feed and... On open floor, we're going to talk about some other things. So stick around and listen to both versions of this podcast. And fellas, uh, let's jump right in with the biggest deal of the week. And that was Kevin Durant winds up in Phoenix. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, wherever Jay Crowder is, and four (laughs) first-round picks plus a pick swap in 2028 going back to Brooklyn. Um, it, It was a surprising deal to some, maybe not so much. To others, Howard, we'll start with you. Your reaction to uh, Durant to Phoenix and uh, how it all played out. 
I can't believe you didn't lead off with the 72 second round picks that were traded around the league today. <laughs> Every future second round pick is suddenly somewhere else. I didn't I know these teams had picks. as many second round picks. Like Golden State had five they could just deal. Didn't it's Milwaukee like, deal like a bunch of second round picks like to get Drew Holiday? It's like it's, I, 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 it's cryptocurrency you know. now that you just manufacture your own second round picks, repackage <laughs> them as NFTs and sell them to people for way more than they're worth, which is just air. It's all just air like crypto. Um Wow. So the Nets, the Nets deal. Uh, I am among the people who was uh, peacefully asleep when this happened and woke up to texts and and alerts and uh, was was uh, stunned. Stunned only because of this. I thought when Sean Marks traded Kyrie Irving for win now players, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, it looked certainly to me like the agenda of the Nets was we're just going to move on and keep going. Kevin Durant may or may not be happy about this, but let's see what we can do this season. We'll revisit Durant in the offseason. Also, trading two stars in the span of a few days, very difficult to pull off. And I didn't think that would be uh, where we would land. And yet here we are. Clearly, the Nets, you know, I'm glad they belatedly took my advice from November 4th to just blow <laughs> it all up and get everything you can. So I'll say this, the Nets on, on the surface Clearly one of the big losers of the trade deadline and of the season because they took a contender and blew it up. Obviously also because they had to. That said, they did really well in both deals. I can't fault the returns. The only thing that is still a curiosity for me as we sit here with the trade deadline now in our rearview mirror is that I thought there was opportunity for the Nets to keep flipping, right? Um, Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith could have still been flipped in one-for-one deals, though though not packaged with any other players or aggregated due to cap rules. Mikhail Bridges uh, could have been flipped. Cam Johnson could have been flipped. They did flip Jay Crowder. But I thought as long as you're going teardown or as long as you're blowing up a contender, they've got a really interesting roster now. We can talk about who is there and, and what they can do. But I thought, and maybe there's just not enough time, right? They'd already done a fucking shitload of stuff in a very short time. But I did think there were a lot of teams out there who would have loved to have Bridges, Johnson, even Dinwiddie or Dorian Finney-Smith, um, maybe other Seth Curry for that matter. I thought they could have leaned even further into this, guys. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but the team that's that they're left with is really interesting. And, you know, maybe those moves come down the road here. But I thought the return they got for Kevin Durant um, with, you know, what was it, three picks and the swap, yeah. three first-round picks and the swap – uh, plus Bridges and Johnson, they did, and, and Crowder, they did very well. All right, Ro, I, I, I care about the Nets to a degree, but I'm more interested in what Phoenix got back. Like, they now have a potent one-two punch in Durant and Devin Booker. Chris Paul seems like the right point guard to kind of bring those talents together. Like, what does this, what level does this take Phoenix to? Are they now the front runner in the Western Conference? Are they a front runner in the Western Conference? What do you think of this deal from the Sun side? Uh, I think this is a home run for the Suns. I was one of the lucky people who was awake when this happened. I, I could not believe it. The number of times I had to check the Woj account to make sure it was not some kind of Twitter blue situation. I wasn't hallucinating. Um, the edibles weren't too strong. I was like, what is how, what is going on? Um, I think this is a home run for the Suns. I think they're the best team in the West. I don't, I don't think it's close. Uh, I think Devin Booker is a better running mate for Kevin Durant than Kyrie Irving ever was. Uh, Booker's a much more stable human being. He was playing at an all-star level this year before he got hurt. Chris Paul also, after a rough start to the year, has been playing a lot better. The Suns in general are on a little bit of a run. 
I cannot believe this trade from Chris Paul's point of view. Chris Paul was offered to the Nets in a deal for Kyrie Irving. The Suns get rejected and instead land Kevin Durant. Instead, could you imagine if the Nets had said yes to the Chris Paul offer? Uh, Chris Paul makes out as a big winner in this. Uh, He gets to play with Kevin Durant in Phoenix as opposed to maybe going to a blown up net situation. I mean, just look around the West. The the Grizzlies didn't do anything. The Nuggets just dumped Bones Highland. Those are the top two teams in the conference. The Pelicans have been sliding. We'll we'll get to the Lakers in our open floor pod, but I count me as people who's not impressed by what they did at the deadline. I I think the Suns made a massive improvement. I think they're the clear-cut favorites. For them to keep DeAndre Ayton in this deal, I I mean, they gave up the same number of picks – that the Wolves gave up for Rudy Gobert to get Kevin freaking Durant, who was playing at an MVP level this year. I, I, this to me is a a massive win for the Suns. I, I think they have a better two-way lineup than the Nets ever had at any point uh, this season. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see them play, and I think it's thrilling to have KD back in the Western Conference. All right, Chris, do you have an opposite opinion than everything is awesome, Ned Carney, over there with the... <laughs> like, I mean, come on, like, like honestly, I, I'm, I agree awesome offensively who's stopping anybody on that team that, that's going to be a problem and by the way deandre ayton how happy is he going to be like he wanted more touches last year like his touches are going to go down <laughs> with this team like we've got to I'm, chris i'm 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 a believer that this was the right move to make if you're phoenix i'm not so sure it catapults them above denver memphis some of the other teams in the western conference I'm not totally sure it makes him like a clear cut, no questions what? asked favorite. I'm, I'm I'm not sure of that because first of all, do you not find it cur- like as we're talking about this? Kevin Durant is already hurt. Uh, going to a roster of guys that have been hurt for most of the year. It's why the Suns are in the position that they're in, kind of in in the abyss with everybody else in the West, right in that logjam. So, um, obviously, it's you know it's an easy kind of disclaimer, but. Kevin Durant has not been the healthiest guy, which also has been part of the reason that the Nets really couldn't keep things stable is that every time he got hurt, it put more onus on Kyrie, who was not a dependable person, player, whatever you want to call him. So there's that caveat of it. They also traded away a couple of really, really good young players, which was it worth it to do it? Sure. I also think it would have been worth it to do during the offseason, to be honest with you. But losing literally the, the the best Iron Man the league maybe has right now in Bridges, uh, who had taken a little bit of a step back efficiency wise as he's stepping up for the guys that have been hurt, but also losing Cam Johnson, who granted he's got a deal coming, he's going to be more expensive to keep, but it's not nothing, and and not to mention Crowder too, although they had not been using him this year. Uh, there's something lost here as far as their depth is concerned. There's something lost here as far as their defense is concerned. It now you know, puts a little bit more on Durant, who's been good defensively, having to play two ways a lot more frequently. Uh, look, I, I would not want to have to play them. Uh, I would not want to have to stop them in the playoffs. I think that they're a team that you're going to be able to score on come playoff time. Uh, but if it all works out, if they all stay healthy, of course they're going to be one of the contenders and one of the teams to beat. I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not quaking in my boots necessarily if I'm one of the other contenders in the West. The other, I think this is one of those situations where we're looking at Memphis and we're looking at Denver and we're saying they could have done more here. But I think both things can be true that they're still well positioned, uh, but that the Suns made the big splashy move here. And I think that's kind of the way a lot of people are going to view this. 
I'm I'm with I'm with Herring on this, and I think uh, uh, clearly with Maddox on this too, given the way he framed uh, Rohan's uh, initial take there. Uh, <laughs> Everything so, is awesome. You guys are. Let's, I, I just I cannot get over the galaxy Rohan, brain level set, takes. Okay, okay. Settle, s- settle down, Lego man. Um, listen, uh, th- Kevin Durant is out right now. Kevin Durant is probably coming back at soonest the first game after the All-Star break, at which time the Suns will have somewhere in the range of 20 to 22 games left. There's very little history in this league of making a blockbuster trade and acquiring a player of that caliber midseason and making the finals. It doesn't happen very often. Um, there is Chemistry matters. Reps matter. Um, and, and of course, as, as Chris Herring was just saying, there's a depth issue here now. They just lost two of their best... Uh, two-way players in Mikhail Bridges, one of the best uh, defensive wings in the league period. You have to reconfigure a lot. Your bench is now much thinner. And yeah, there's no guarantee of, of what Durant looks like when he gets back. The sprained knee was no small thing. And of course, especially with Durant being the age he is and the injury history he has. So you've got that wild card. Chris Paul can't stay healthy and is not the same Chris Paul anymore. Um, you know, Booker's the one guy you don't worry about. He hasn't been healthy either, but hey, he's young and spry. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him, but there's a lot there. Also, this is a team that already had some chemistry issues. It wasn't that long ago. We were talking about like, can DeAndre Ayton and the coach still coexist? They've had some sniping on that team. It's, it hasn't been a real happy place. And, you know, this will improve a lot of things. Adding Kevin Durant improves a whole lot of things. Uh, and I'm eager to see them. I think offensively, they could be a juggernaut. And the fact is the current team leading the West, the Nuggets, is a middle of the pack at best defensive team themselves that's great on offense. So maybe this isn't a year where you have to be elite defensively, but history, again, shows us that to win the championship, you got to be top 10 defense almost every single time. Very few exceptions to that, to that one. The Suns are there now, but I don't know if the Suns stay there having offloaded some of the guys that they have. So they are, as I wrote in our round table, which people can read on SI.com and we all wait in there, they're not the favorite, but they are a favorite. They're in the mix for sure. But I don't, I still don't see one single team in the West that I think, man, that team is scary. That team is going to just crush everybody in their path. That, that team does not exist this year. Not okay. In the okay. Chris Mannix, I have a yes or no question for you. And I want a quick answer. No hemming and hawing. Will Mikhail Bridges make an all-star team over the life of his current four-year contract? Yes. Okay, I think that's debatable. I, I respect you coming in with a quick answer, but I, I'm looking at this trade. They didn't Cam Johnson is a good player. I mean, he's going to be a restricted free agent. He's a worse version of Mikhail Bridges. And I, I don't know if Mikhail Bridges is definitively an all-star. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a great number three on a good team. You start asking him to be a number two, I, I don't know how that's going to go for him, even as much as I like him. Uh, to me, I look at this trade. The Suns gave up two players who will probably never make an all-star team for Kevin Durant, who's still signed for three more years after this one. You talk about their two-way players. I think Tory Craig has been really solid for them the last couple of years. They're going to be active in the buyout market. They have a chance to add Reggie Jackson. Uh, they picked up Darius Baisley in a trade. With the Thunder, I think he gives them another lengthy perimeter guy to throw. Uh, they also have guys. I mean, the health is probably the only thing that's an issue here, but they're going to get campaign back at some point. Uh, Landry Shamit's been in and out of the lineup. I think Damian Lee's been really good for them. Uh, I don't really look at them as having serious depth issues, and I just I look around the conference. I Tell me a duo that comes close 
to matching the top end talent of Booker and Durant. I, I hear you guys on the injuries. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm wishful thinking there, but I'm looking. Chris Paul is their third option. Paul's been really good since he was came back from his injury. Uh, the issue with them has been deep into these postseasons. Chris Paul can't hold up. Uh, this li- lessens the burden for him so much. Uh, <laughs> I know that may- <laughs> I'm coming in with everything is awesome, but it's hard for me to see the downside when you look at some of the trade packages teams have given up for guys like Mitchell and Gobert. I mean, Markinen made an all-star team. You could argue that Jazz did better in what they got for Donovan Mitchell. I, no, no one's I, I arguing the, the no one's arguing the trade package. Like no one's yeah. saying that they made a bad trade, Ron. We're just saying like the the they're like they're not the runaway favorites. Is all like that's where where we're disagreeing with you. Like yeah. the, they made a good trade. Um, like everybody would you know whether Mikael Bridges ever makes an all star team or not, everybody would make that deal. Yeah. So no one's arguing with the the value. It's more yeah. about like can you rely on this Suns team as configured and with the you know missing pieces that they have now. And we don't know what the buyout market will bring, but I just, my skepticism is not about whether they got made a good deal or whether or not they have great talent. It's, it's, there's, there's just other elements in play here when it yeah. comes to depth and chemistry. I just find them to have a higher ceiling, a significantly higher ceiling than everyone else is the way well, I put it. They're betting big Chris Herring on the next two years because Chris Paul has already shown some signs of decline. What's he got like a partial guarantee on the next year or the year after one of those contracts mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, Durant, as otherworldly as he has been, is 34 years old. You know, at some point, it's going to – and he plays a lot of minutes. You know, So at some point, it's going to catch up to him. I, I think they're betting big that they can succeed in this two-year window. And look, I don't blame them because – and we'll get to this with Memphis. Other teams did not. They swung big seeing that the landscape is wide open. It, it may or may not work out, but I don't blame them for taking this big a swing. No. I mean, and that's what I'm saying is like to me – even also your Phoenix, you don't have so many people generally clamoring to play there. Chris Paul was actually one of the first guys to really do that, to say, I want to be there specifically, which was why to me, it was a little bit surprising that if any team was going to make that gamble and give the the nets what they wanted trade wise, that it would have been um, the Suns to do it during the off season because he wanted to be there and made it known. I want to go there specifically. So, Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some aspects of this being right in the middle of the road at this point in the season that the Suns could have avoided by doing some of this earlier. I'm not sure. Uh, but it, again, it's not a bad move. This is a move that uh, Rohan and I were even saying on Open Floor earlier in the week. He asked me, and I think he was a little bit surprised when I answered, uh, you know, it might make some sense if they can make something work. If there's a team that's giving them what they want here, it would make sense to go get him because he's Kevin Durant. And, and the Suns... You, you could make all the arguments that Rohan did about why it's a good fit. Um, it makes sense for them. I'm, I'm just curious to see whether Durant, Booker, uh, obviously Chris Paul hold up this year because if, it, if, if they don't make it happen this year or get back to where they were uh, the year before last with the finals, the window closes really fast, at least for Chris Paul. And who knows? Maybe you can get something – to replace him with they were already trying to do that uh as, as you guys pointed out earlier during this trade deadline so uh i'm very curious to see what happens just because it's the chris paul question is is looming certainly and so if you can win a title uh before that question becomes too big then then it's great for for phoenix yeah it really uh, is though like a two-year window because 
like it, whenever Chris Paul's done and comes off the books, it's not like they have a bunch of cap space. They've got Durant, Booker, and Aiton under contract. Those are three max contract guys. You can't afford to just add a fourth uh, onto your onto your roster. That's why like it's already started with like the Kyrie Irving to Phoenix. Like if Kevin Durant hits his oh. to Kyrie Irving, oh one my more god, time, oh. like we need like Can I, I can't I can't with that. Can I ask one quick question about the Nets, if you guys don't mind? Yep. So, because I talked to an NBA exec like hours after the Irving trade, and I was like, do you think there's any chance they trade Durant now? And he was convinced they're going to do it in the summer. You know, they'll get such a better return. I I have to imagine Durant pretty definitively asked out. You know, I'm sure we'll get some reporting on that pretty soon. But what did you guys think about the Nets making this move now? Because frankly, I think they could have gotten a better return in this. No, I don't think so. Um, and I don't think this was a case of Durant asking out. My understanding was the Suns came to them with a more aggressive offer than they were willing to go this past summer. And a lot of that has to do with Matt Ishbia coming in, new owner, a lot of enthusiasm, wants to make a big splash, doesn't give a damn about draft picks for the rest of, of this time, just wanted to take a big swing. And I think that had as much to do with it. I'm also not convinced that there would have been a better offer than this one because four first, swap rights, Bridges, Johnson, for a rebuilding team, which is what the Nets are right now, that's a pretty good return. I'm not sure how you get better than that in the next round when Kevin Durant will be a year older, will have a year less on his contract. I think it would have been too big a risk for Brooklyn to pass on this type of deal. Well, and on top of that, so let's go the alternate scenario where, and look, again, I, I thought they would they would hold on to Kevin Durant for now for all the reasons I stated earlier. Let's say you go that path. Uh, Kevin Durant plus you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and, and the rest of these guys, you know, a decent team with a, a, a top five player in Kevin Durant. And who knows, you know, maybe you even make it to the second round or something. You're, but you're probably not making the conference finals. You're definitely not making the finals unless, you know, the Bucks and Celtics uh, team buses hit each other. So <laughs> uh, wh- what are you wait? <laughs> What are you waiting for? At the, the at hell? Prob- to, to, <laughs> so, so, somewhere, somewhere in my head, I'm like thinking of like the uh, like the some of the pregame hype videos they used to have back in the day, where you know, actually, still with the Bulls, where the Bulls running running the, the bus, yeah, yeah. the yeah, bus yeah. explodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe the cartoon bull has plowed through both the Celtics yeah. and the Bucks buses. In any case. I don't think the Nets had any path to the finals this season, but okay, that maybe you have a, a fun, nice little farewell run with Kevin Durant and then revisit in the offseason. The problem is, and this is, again, what I was outlining earlier in the season when I thought it was time to blow it up, you can't wait too long because you never know when the next Kyrie landmine is, and you never know when the next Kevin Durant injury is, and Durant has already now had one, another one. Every single one of these, hamstring, calf, knee, whatever it is, and every game, every bit of mileage placed on him probably decreases his market value ultimately. Yeah, he plays like, like an MVP when he plays, but he has not played more than two-thirds of a season in each of the last three seasons. And that's just going to continue to be the case because he's an Achilles patient and because he's in his mid-30s. So, I, you know, I, if, if, if the Suns come to me with all those picks and two really good players— Heck yeah, I'm cashing out at that moment. I don't, you know, maybe there was a market this summer. The other problem, though, I, I, I look at it as this. There's only so many places that Kevin Durant would have been happy to go to. And no, he can't dictate it, but but he can, right? We, we live in the era we live in. So there's a bunch of teams that wouldn't even be, have been in play. And then you eliminate all the teams that don't have the full um, arsenal of, of first round picks. They don't have their full cache of picks. And so the, you've got a very limited 
group of teams to try to even get into the bidding war with. So no, I, I think Sean Marks made the right move at the right time, even though, as I say, I was a little surprised. Yeah, I don't necessarily, Howard, agree on, you know, the Achilles. I get it, his Achilles patient, there's always a risk there, but his injuries, he keep get guys just keep crashing into his knee. Like, I don't know if that, like, that's why he keeps going out. It's a contact sport. And if, and I when know, you're but not those as- are fluky kind of things. Like, I don't know yeah. if that one has to do with the other. Like, that was a good thing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The only other thing I would say about the Brooklyn deal is I wonder if they knew they were going to trade Kevin Durant, would they have done a different deal for Kyrie Irving? Mm-hmm. Because exactly. yes, the Kyrie deal, mm. the Kyrie deal was a win now type of deal. They got yep. current players back. Would they have turned around and done a Laker deal if the Lakers really were willing to give the twenty seven and twenty nine first round picks? Would they have done? Like, would they have gone to Phoenix and say, we'll give you both guys and you just give us back? Yeah, I think they already gave everything for Durant, but like try to do an even bigger package there. I think they made that Irving deal believing that Durant was going mm-hmm. to be on the roster. And I wonder if they could go back in time, would they ultimately do something different? All right. I want to get into the biggest loser of the trade deadline. And to me, it's not even close. By a country mile, the Memphis Grizzlies. They are... Without a shadow of a doubt, 
the biggest losers here. The Grizzlies right now, sitting in second place in the Western Conference, playing terribly, at least over the last couple of weeks. They have all their draft picks. They've got, I think, at least one other draft pick in the next three years, which belonged to Golden State. They've got a whole bunch of semi-intriguing young talent at the back end of their bench. And they get Luke Kennard out of it. That's the big deadline deal the Memphis Grizzlies pulled off. Luke Kennard. So I'll just say this. If the Grizzlies in the postseason get cooked by Kevin Durant, by Luka Doncic, by the Kawhi PG Transformer, then... They have only themselves to blame because they could have pushed all their chips in and got no Giannanobi. They could have conceivably gone all in and extracted Mikhail Bridges in in a multi-team deal. They could have done these things. But Memphis, which historically has been a very conservative franchise, decided to do almost nothing. Get Luke Kennard in exchange for that Danny Green contract. Uh, Ro, we'll start with you. Uh, am I overreacting here? Because I think the Grizzlies are massive deadline losers. Uh, I I hate to say it, but I have to align with the Boston media mafia here and say <laughs> that uh, and say that I completely and, agree and with for that. And for that, I am going to get my people together and keep Jaron Jackson Jr. from winning Defensive Player of the Year. We are we are a clique, all of us. <laughs> um. I wrote winners and losers for the trade deadline for SI.com. And I have to agree with Chris. I have the Grizzlies as a loser uh, for John Morant saying I'm fine in the West. A massive, a massive blunder for him uh, ever since he said those words. Listen, I think Luke Kennard is the kind of addition you make if you're in first place in the West with a comfortable lead and you do a little shooting, which they do. They need shooting. They needed a player. They do. They are a bottom third ish Three-point shooting yeah. team. They need they're, three-point they're shooting. Yeah, they need shooting. They're not good in the half court. Kennard helps them there. But I'm with you, Chris. Like When you're in a position that the Grizzlies are in, you need to increase your risk profile a little bit. We're, we're all talking about how there's no – even though I'm bullish on Phoenix, we're all talking about there's no runaway team in the West. All these contenders have flaws, whether it's you know Denver's defense, uh, Golden State's depth, et cetera. Uh, this conference was there for the taking. And you see a team like Phoenix take advantage of it. And maybe Toronto just decided at some point they're not going to play ball. Maybe we'll get to Toronto a bit on the open floor version of this podcast because I don't know what their game plan is to just keep everyone. But, yeah, the Grizzlies have all these picks, young players on good contracts. Now is the time to go all in, push your chips into the middle of the table, make a a godfather offer for OG Ananobi, send the Raptors four first-round picks, make them an offer they cannot refuse. Uh, I, I don't like their chances at all. They're two and eight in their last 10 games. I know Steven Adams has been hurt, but if Steven Adams is this important to your team, I, I think that's a little bit eye opening. I'm with you, Chris. I, I think the Grizzlies are kind of playing with fire here. Just assuming that these, these title windows are going to stay open forever. This is the kind of year to push your chips to the middle of the table. And I'm, I'm very disappointed that they did. Yeah, and, and, and Herring, that's like, you know, I I got that response on Twitter. It's like, what, is John Morant retiring next year? No, but these windows close very quickly in the NBA. And if you're looking around in second place in the Western Conference, like, what, what exactly is the value in, like, the 25th or 26th pick in the draft to this Memphis team? They've done well with some of these draft picks, but OG Ananobi 
is 25 years old. He's a three-point shooting, versatile defending type of player. What are we waiting for? Like, if you're a Grizzlies fan, like, are you not looking at that team and saying, what exactly are we waiting for? Yeah, I mean, I I was a little bit surprised. Kennard, I think, is, a, a again, a perfectly fine pickup. Um, I think the way Rohan described it is very accurate. Like, it's it's a safe pickup that any team would want to get that also but Chris if does it you surprise can, you does it surprise you that like every permutation of Clippers deals that was out there included Luke Kennard the Clippers who <laughs> need something didn't value Luke Kennard all that much right exactly and and that's the thing here is that frankly I thought not when we I think we did a roundtable earlier this week about uh you know deals we'd like to see and I had Ananobi going to Memphis saying looking at the Dylan Brooks situation and thinking one the guy makes some pretty foolish you know spur of the moment decisions that you know as much as Memphis wants all the smoke and climbs up the chimney or whatever else they do (laughs) uh, that they also might need some level-headed guys for a playoff run that just are kind of uh, middle of the road as far as controlling their emotions OG Ananobi is like the guy I think of like that who is a guy that everybody wants on their contending team um, is going to give you consistent effort, is going to be a pretty good shooter for you, and is going to be able to defend the best wings in this league. Uh, Dylan Brooks is a free agent coming up. Why not go get somebody who can replace him and and, and be a more consistent version of him and a stronger version of him? Um, so it just kind of felt, you know, they have Zaire Williams, who um, is still a young player and, and, and not all that consistent, very, very talented, but not all that consistent. Um, I imagine a lot of teams would go for a player like that. You throw in a couple of firsts, and I imagine that you're at least in that conversation. Now, the fact that OG wasn't moved, I, I do think it's back to the question of like how hard a line was Toronto taking, but there were other players that you could have gotten. And and you know, I, I do think it's interesting that the Raptors really didn't move off of much of anyone. The Bulls didn't move off of anyone. So Caruso was another guy that was kind of rumored a lot in, on the trade deadline, another sort of guy that would help a team like this that wasn't moved. Uh, so I'm sure Memphis would say the price was too high, but I don't think there's a such thing as the price being too high for you to go get somebody when you're as central in this contending conversation as Memphis is and the fact that th- that conference is there for the taking. And, and really, I would say up until the last week or two, um, I would have said that Memphis was my favorite to come out of the West because they are so young, because, you know, until we see otherwise with an injury or something like that, they've been pretty consistent. Um, it just kind of feels like they're ready to take that step, but uh, it would have been helpful, certainly, to make some sort of move here for a wing, a uh, dependable wing from another team, I thought. And the thing is, we we the, my only caveat on all this conversation is just we don't and, and Herring, you you kind of alluded to this. We just don't know what the asking price ultimately is sure. for OG Ananobi. We do know that the Raptors did not move anyone aside from <laughs> Kem Birch in a deal to bring back Jake Puddle. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the, the Raptors, rather than <laughs> pivoting toward the future. Decided to double down on the present and the and the not so distant past by bringing back Mr. Puddle and and keeping their core together when we thought they were ready to start spinning off pieces and reshuffle because somehow they are not better than the sum of their parts anymore. They didn't do that. Now listen, I've I've talked to people around the league who have said, look, like Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, phenomenal front office, but they're really hard to make a deal with. And 
I, maybe we're seeing evidence of that now. And then you look beyond that, right? Could the Grizzlies have gotten Mikhail Bridges or even even Cam Johnson, the uh, you know secondary version of Mikhail Bridges or some version of that that's out there? Maybe. Um, is the urgency that high? Like, I'm not convinced the urgency is as high. I, like, I agree with you, Mannix. In general, windows close very quickly in this league. You can, you know, you can trick yourself into thinking, oh, our team is young and promising and we've got all the time in the world. And the next thing you know, mm. boom, someone gets hurt. Somebody asks out. You know, stuff happens. Uh, a bull runs through the team bus. Um, so <laughs> You had buses. <laughs> I just, it was a good callback to the first 10 minutes of the episode. Um <laughs> Things happen, I agree, but I also do think the Grizzlies have the luxury of one, it is a young group. Steven Adams will get back healthy when they're whole. We know that they are monsters to deal with. Two, this team is might be the best drafting team in the NBA right now, and drafted players are, of course, cheaper than non-drafted. Like, they'll have other opportunities to use some combination of the players they have and future picks to do something, but in the meantime, they're really good at drafting. So those picks are almost more valuable to them than they are to somebody else because they nail those picks in the twenties. They nail picks in the second round. Um, I don't know that they had to do anything right now, by the way, though, if we're going to talk about our list of losers, I had two others that, that caught my eye aside from obviously the nets just from having to cash out so soon on their, uh, their super team. Um, the Miami heat, an old team yeah. that doesn't have a hold window on, hold anymore. On, hold on. I, I, I want to give you a second on the Miami Heat, but I, I want to just right. jump right jump right back here on on the Grizzlies. Number one, yeah. Look, you're you're right. They they draft well, but eventually you got to pay these draft picks. And like Dylan Brooks is the first that they're yeah. going to have to pay after this season. Tyus Jones, if they want to keep him, they're a year away from that, and the clock starts ticking on all these young guys. They got Desmond Bain in a very good deal, so that's going to help them, I think, uh, in the future. I, look. You know, I, I just think windows do close, and they close very quickly in the NBA. Maybe not for the team being really good, but who knows what kind of super team might get put together in the next couple of years. You just don't know. So it, I, that's why I think the Grizzlies should have operated like the Phoenix Suns, and not with Kevin Durant. But look, would the Nets have taken three first-round picks for Mikael Bridges? I think so. I think they would have done that. In which case, what what do you care? What... What is the value of three first-round picks to a team that's going to be drafting in the last five picks of the first round? I just don't, I don't see how they should be weighted equally. Well, I, same thing. We don't know if the Nets were even willing to to, to, I to think flip they any were. of these guys. I think they were. I think they were willing to flip Bridges for an obscene asking price, which three first-round picks would have been. That's yeah. that's like. And know, someone like quite, Bridges would have been cost controlled too, because he's yes. on a he's on a very good contract for sure. a player that, as Rohan said, maybe he's not an all star in the next three four years. But, but in the right situation, yeah, exactly. Uh, on a team that is going to be a a fifty five sixty win team if they're healthy, so it's it, it was really interesting to not see them do anything uh, yeah. of of real value here. Howard, I yeah. want you. I'll give you a chance to jump in on Miami. One last thing about this Grizzlies deal. Uh, I know Danny Green is probably going to want to buy from Houston because who doesn't? But I, <laughs> I would, I would say, one. like, to the Rockets front office, don't buy him out. Make him sit in that locker room and, like, show those <laughs> young guys, like, what it means to be a professional. Like, just sit there and be a mentor for Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Because, 
look, Steven Silas is going to be losing his mind with some of the the, the errors this team <laughs> is making. And you saw the end of what was who did they play? The, uh, the Sacramento game the last Sacramento night. Sacramento so game, bad. like they lost a game that seems statistically statistically impossible to actually lose. Like I don't yeah. think Vegas would have placed odds on on them winning that game. Like that's how obscene and absurd that was. Eric Gordon, the supposed veteran, is one that made that. That mistake at at the very end after Sangoon threw the ball away, threw, he threw got the ball his escape the middle today. Of the floor. Oh, he did. <laughs> Finally, by the way, and again, Howard, you you go on the on the heat right now, but I want to pour one out for John Collins and say, I'm glad the John Collins <laughs> John Collins trade uh, trade market will continue for one more the, year. The the, the guy, nice thing is that everybody can save their John Collins is you know being shopped tweets and just. Keep retweeting them ad nauseum for the next like ten years. There's got to be a moratorium. There's got to be a moratorium on that at this point. Just stop saying the Hawks are fielding offers on John Collins. We know they are. It doesn't matter who's in charge of the Hawks. They will take offers on John Collins. Poor John Collins. He's just in Atlanta jail down there trying to find his way out. By the way, don't uh, uh, like. Do you hate Danny Green that you want to sentence him to like two months of like babysitting the Houston Rockets? Like Danny Green deserves some happiness somewhere else. That's what. Okay, but for like, but for Houston, like you need a guy like that just to if if you want these guys to mature. Like you need somebody like that. Anyway, go ahead, Howard. On the Miami. No, no. I mean, listen. You know, a lot of things in this league are dictated by urgency, right? And. In the case of the Grizzlies, you're, you guys are right. The, the, the logic is right about being all in now because there's an opportunity. I get that, even though I think I understand the patience right now there. The Heat cannot have any patience. They have been an old contender, pseudo contender, plausible contender, partial contender for like three years running already. And their window, you know, gets smaller every day. Kyle Lowry is is on his, you know, almost literal last legs. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, I love the dude, but the way he plays is taxing and their, their youth is essentially, you know, Bam Adebayo and, and Tyler Hero. And there's, they don't have a lot of moves they can make given where they are, but th- th- there had to be a move there somewhere. And again, like we can't make too many assumptions about who was available, what they could have done. I don't have a deal in mind that I think they should have made specifically, but standing pat with who they have. They're, they're not a contender. And, and they came into the season as a team that we thought about as like, oh, maybe they've been hovering in that range the last couple of years, but they're slipping fast and no indication that they have any way of turning it around. The other big loser of the trade deadline, by the way, is clearly Russell just, Westbrook, but I, I that's, just, another, that's yeah, another issue. I, I, just, <laughs> Ro, Ro, I, I just don't know that. I don't know that there was a deal for the Heat that would have made them measurably better. Like they, they could have done a deal with the Clippers for the Luke Kennard poo-poo platter that was being yeah. shopped around the league, but they, you know, with Kyle Lowry involved in that. But I, I just, I you're Ro, you're the Heat, you know, beat writer <laughs> yeah. in this call. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I just don't think there was something out there that would have vaulted them to a different tier in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, look, the Heat were in a complicated place. Tyler Hero's poison-pilled, so it would have been difficult to trade him, although it was possible. Lowry can get you back contracts like a Canard or whoever was coming from the Clippers, but his play has dropped off so preci- precipitously, and then beyond that, he's got a knee issue that he's dealing with. I, I am I don't want to step on a column I'm writing about the Heat for tomorrow, but they're in a pretty bleak situation. They were to pull a rabbit out of a hat with Jimmy Butler a few years ago, but you look at some of the contracts they have, how are they going to get off Duncan Robinson, who has three years left after this deal? Uh, it's going to take picks to come off of him. Uh, 
picks that they theoretically need to trade for a Mikhail Bridges type, but they just don't have contracts to move. They don't have assets to move. Uh, they're just cost cutting all the time. Like every time they make a move, it's like they got under the luxury tax yet again. Like Mickey Arison, not willing to dip into the tax. They lost PJ Tucker. Like they've made a series of bad moves while everyone else in the East has gone out and improved. And they're, in, I think, in an underratedly bleak situation. Maybe Lowry becomes movable next year when he's an expiring deal, but they have a massive tax bill incoming. Jimmy and Bam are, are talented enough to be on a good team on on some kind of a contender, and they just they're handcuffed by their own decision making. You know, can I just ask uh, of all the things that you could write about tomorrow, who approved you to write about the Heat tomorrow and what they didn't do? What are we doing <laughs> writing about Miami? Why listen, do you love the Heat? Listen, just look at my author page, Chris, and you'll see that I, you know, you'll you'll see that I've hit all the big deals, brother. Yes. I, is Dwayne Wade yeah. coming back with the Cube again? Like, when is, uh, <laughs> when is that? When is that return? Listen, the Cube is a family-friendly <laughs> show. All right, for people of all ages. Let's not let's not bring the Cube into this. <laughs> oh God! All right, that is it for this episode of the crossover on Open Floor. We are going to address the Lakers. We are going to get into Russell Westbrook, and we may even talk about why Toronto didn't do much of anything. Toronto upgraded. Check out Open Floor for that episode as well. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.